Hello there, welcome to Now Tell Us. Now this is a place where we have guests come and tell us their stories. They come and educate us, they come and inspire us, they come and give a course some highlight, something that is going on and they're passionate about. So basically, this is where we have guests come and speak. They tell us and we listen. And uh, I hope you're ready to listen to today's guest because uh, she's an interesting guest. Yeah, 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 she's an interesting guest and she will be here shortly. And uh, just a reminder, all those of you who are watching or those who get to watch after we are through, the past episodes and future episodes are found at nowtellers.com. So you can always go in there and uh, watch the videos. Uh, we have uh, them on the uh, uh, broadcast or that, rather podcast platforms, I, Audible, iTunes, uh, Spotify, name them. Uh, yeah, that's nowtellers.com. And now, without taking one more minute, we welcome to the show our guest who is none other than Sylvia Washam. Welcome. Thank you, Anthony. It's so awesome to be here with you this morning. Yes, and we are honored to have you here and excited to hear what you have to tell us today. <laughs> Yes, uh, to, to begin with, would I like to know who is Sylvia and where is she from? I'm originally from South Texas. I'm Sylvia Worsham. I'm based out of Austin, Texas now, but I grew up on the border with Texas and Mexico. And I was raised Mexican uh, by two Mexico-born parents. So I was raised here in the United States. And uh, luckily, I made it to Austin when I married my second husband. And I've got two kids and a dog who you may or may not see behind me. <laughs> you may come up. And um, I'm excited because I am living the best life now. I didn't start off that way, though. I started off um, in a very different environment than I am now. Um, okay. So we'll get, we get to know much about that. Now, when you mentioned Texas, I love Texas. And I know many <laughs> Who doesn't, right? Everything's uh, big in Texas. Texas, <laughs> Texas. I used to watch the movies and I, I see the horses. And, I, and do you know how to ride a horse? Uh, that's why. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. I've been horseback riding a lot um, in my lifetime, and but I never took classes. And they mm -hmm. do. There's a lot of respect when you deal with animals, but I do love uh, horseback riding. And but it's not something that we Texans do all the time. It's just something we do recreationally some people actually do it as a sport though down here in texas okay. we're mostly i'm mostly like i was explaining to you at the beginning um of the call i'm in the capital and so i live in austin texas and and what we do out here is mostly pickleball and that's what we play a lot <laughs> a lot of racket sports out here and so the horse riding is mostly in the movies that we used to watch Yes, yes. It's kind of like, it's a stereotypical thing that we think of, of the Texans, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or we think of barbecue too, right? Because mm -hmm. we're in the South. Yeah. We're we in the South. Barbecue. And barbecue is amazing in Austin, Texas. Ah, <laughs> I love I'm, to eat. I would love to be one day there. Uh, now, we come to Sylvia, who, when I was reading your story, and now our uh, episode is known as uh, From Survivor to Thriver. I was reading your story and I come to a part where you talk of miracles. And yes. uh, we love hearing about miracles. You have a miraculous story. 
Now, dive us into it, please. Maybe begin from where you grew up and maybe uh, what you said that you didn't live such a, a good life in the beginning. And then you will tell us about the miracles. Well, I started off, you know, I, I grew up with with parents when you grow up in an immigrant household mm -hmm. here in the states you you have this mentality of you've got to achieve because it will equate to being happy mm -hmm. so the more successful you are the more you're worth and you've proven your worth in a country and when you're little and you see your dad working so hard you grow up with beliefs believing that you're not enough for your hardworking dad. So you must achieve to get his attention. Mm -hmm. So I achieved to the point of perfection. And I ended up in corporate America, which is the best place if you're wanting to achieve and to make money and thrive in that way. But, uh, but you can be working 50 to 60 hour work weeks. And it, it cost me my first marriage. I ended mm -hmm. up getting divorced. And my son was young, you know, he was four years old when, when I got divorced. And then I started dating my second husband, and he decided that he wanted us to travel to um, Louisiana, which is where he's from for Easter mm -hmm. weekend, which is was a single mom. And we don't really date. <laughs> when you're a single mom, we yeah. are looking to have a more solid relationship. So when he said, I want your son to meet my family, I thought, well, this is the perfect opportunity. He's intending to marry me. So I was so excited to go. But a couple of days before I left, I started to get a pain uh, right below my rib cage. And it was really interesting because every time I took a breath, uh, any deep breaths, it was pretty painful. So I decided to call my brother, who is also a doctor. I come from an entire family of doctors. I'm the only one that did not um, realize that dream from our father. Uh, and I called my brother and he said, well, you know, you're young, you're 37 years old, and it must be, you know, this, this other condition that's very common in, in young people. But the issue with that is that it mimics pulmonary embolism. And I don't mm -hmm. know if any, you know what pulmonary embolisms are. It's like a clot, like when your blood mm -hmm. clots and mm -hmm. it travels to your lung. And if it blocks your, your heart, you can have a heart attack. Or if it goes to your brain, it, you can have a stroke. So mm -hmm. it's really dangerous to get these things. Well, I had made the mistake of taking birth control pills, you know, because I was dating my second husband and I didn't want to get pregnant. You know, I'm a good Mexican girl. I don't want to get pregnant outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, my worries. And, um, so that was the reason why I had gotten pulmonary embolisms, but I don't know this when I get on a flight. So I take a flight from South Texas to Houston, which is the, the big medical center of Texas. That's miraculous in itself. And we land there and luckily he takes one look at me and he says, you know, you look really pale and you don't look good. And I was not feeling good at all. And I don't know that I have pulmonary embolisms, right? Mm -hmm. So luckily we spend the night and in the middle of the night, I jolt myself out of bed because the pain is like, it felt like an elephant was stepping on my, on my chest. Mm. And I could not take a deep breath. And in that moment of just pain and suffering, I heard a prompting come through very clearly. This persistent thought that was like coming out of nowhere saying, lean forward and you'll be able to breathe. So that's mm -hmm. miracle. I lean forward and I'm able to breathe. And I do this for four hours. And I don't call a soul because I'm thinking it's this condition that my brother had told me I had, right? So he wow. said, you're fine. It's going to be painful. It's no big deal. 
Um, so I don't call my boyfriend who's in a separate room. I just stay like this for four hours, which is super dangerous. So for the women listening, don't mm -hmm. ever do that. Pick up the phone and call 911 in that moment. Um, luckily, I woke up the next morning and I called my brother and I kind of explained the situation. And he said, go to the ER immediately. Yeah. Like now, like stat. Mm -hmm. And so I, we drive over there. I walk in. They do this scan. And I get this, this specialist come in. This lung specialist comes into my ER uh, uh, the emergency room and says, a woman in your condition should not be sitting up talking to me. You know that pain you felt last night? I said, yeah. He goes, that was the two blood clots were going through your heart to get to your left lung and they're large. They should have stopped your heart last night and they did not. Whoa. But that's not the, he goes, but that's the least of our worries. We have a bigger worry. Your liver's inflamed and we don't know why. So you're going to have to stay here. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting there going, and my kid is outside with the guy he's only been with twice before in his life. <laughs> so I get out there and I get my, on my phone and I'm like trying to reach my parents so they can fly up. It was a mess. But the miraculous thing was that I was in the biggest medical center in Texas. Mm -hmm. I was in the best hospital in the country for my condition. Interestingly yeah. enough, this is how mm -hmm. miracles work, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, but the very next day, I had six doctors that walked into my room when they do a scan of my lower abdomen, and they start explaining to me, "You have basically a twenty percent chance of surviving this. You have a big, like your blood is clotting, your, the main organ that supplies blood to your organs, and is putting pressure in your liver." He mm -hmm. said, "And if it just blocks it off." you're going to need a transplant. But this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of facing this near-death experience, right? And mm -hmm. the only thing going through my mind is surrender. Just surrender control mm -hmm. and trust your my higher power, which for me is God, but for yeah. a lot of people, it's not. For a lot of people, it's the universe, it's energy. You know, it shows up differently for other people, and I I respect that. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's God, and so I just kind of surrender in His loving arms, and I accept whatever is waiting for me in ICU because they've explained to me we're going to give you this therapy, but there's a high probability of death mm. if it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. you know, for mm -hmm. the next procedure. So the next morning I obviously survive and I detail this, my first book and a woman with the Catholic diocese walks in because anytime you go to a hospital, has anyone ever like been admitted? They give you all this paperwork that you have to fill out. And yeah. one of the questions is what religion do you participate in? And at the time I had been raised Catholic. So I said Catholic. So here comes the Catholic diocese to come and pray with us. And we form a circle my boyfriend's in the room with me and we start reciting the Our Father and the part where it says, thy will be done is yeah. when the entire room fills with this unconditional love. I mean, it's a love I have never experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. And I felt peace and I felt like I knew in that moment that I would be okay and that long-term, I would not have complications. Like mm -hmm. immediately there was like a complete knowing in my entire being. And she leaves the room and my boyfriend turns to me and he says, you felt them too, didn't you? And I just started crying. I couldn't even speak. I was just like, like tears of joy were running down my cheeks. 
And they wheel me into this place where they're going to like look to see what the therapy had done. If it had done its job, then, you know, great. And But if it didn't, then I was going to go into surgery. And that meant big probability of death. Mm-hmm. And so they wheel me in. And 20 minutes later, the doctor comes out and his face was so full of joy. You know, doctors don't really share joy like a lot. They're yeah. always giving you grim news. Yeah. And he just looked like his entire face was illuminated. And and he was like, I cannot believe this. You have no long-term complications. And in a case like yours, you should be, you should have holes in your lungs. And you don't. You're completely mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. So those are the three miracles I received in the 72 hours. So that's my story. I get a second chance at life. Oh, that's a beautiful story. And it's not everyone who gets a second t- uh, chance in life. So any time that you know uh, I could have been a past uh, someone gone, I could have been gone right now, you learn to appreciate life and be thankful to God for the second chance that is given you. And uh, I see your joy. I see your uh, gratitude of uh, things happening in your life. And and that's what we look for. I mean, to be grateful to God for everything. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now tell us from that point onwards up to now, things that are (laughs) happening. (laughs) Wow. You know how life is, you know, you go through waves, right? I always say, ride the wave when it's good. And when Mm -hmm. it's like still, be still in those storms, right? Yeah. Because there's storms mm-hmm. that are always mm-hmm. going to be in our lives. And, you know, when that wakes you up, when you wake up from that old life, that old identity, if you will, because your identity is tied to it, it, it was a little tough for me because, like I said, I grew up the modeling and the expectations and somebody else's beliefs. All of this is my armor, right? Yeah. This is where the survivor part comes in. We're warriors. We're fighting. We're achieving. We're doing all these things. And then here comes this turning point and it just kind of like knocks you over the head and it kind of wakes you up. Right. Mm -hmm. And the surrender piece was an important piece in my journey because now I have a more solid relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Now I've learned to trust that inner voice in me that some people call intuition. And mm. or you call the gut instincts. And I always yeah. say God lives in our gut. So I, in my book, call it the God instinct. And you start hearing them when you are still, when you get your mind still. And I started to take a lot of personal development courses because I wanted to understand the power of the mind. I knew that my mind and my fear were getting in my way because the perfectionism and the achiever part were not making me as happy. Mm-hmm. I was looking for happiness outside of myself. And that awakening helped me understand that happiness is not there at all. Happiness exists inside of us. And it is our responsibility to make ourselves happy and not put it on others to make us happy, right? So I started journeying Mm -hmm. through this. I marry my boyfriend. I moved Mm -hmm. to Austin, Texas. I, within a year, I've resigned from medical sales and I've become a mom for a second time in my life. And I'm now 40 years old. So I'm a 40 year old mom with this newborn, right? And I'm going through an identity crisis because I'm shedding that old identity. And God Mm -hmm. is using this time to chisel off all those elements from that armor Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that don't fit with the person that he created me to be. Mm. He needs me to move through his timing. So mm. I become a stay-at-home parent for about four years. Yeah. And one morning as I'm journaling, because I'm a big writer, like I write and that's how I quiet my mind in the mornings. I hear a prompting that says, call Bridget. And Bridget McAdams had been my mentor when I took a, a class from her, uh, a John Maxwell mastermind. Mm-hmm. And John Maxwell, for those that are listening, or is a big leadership guru. He's uh, world re- renowned and he's published a ton of books on leadership. That's what he mostly does. Mm-hmm. And I took a course and I loved it. And it was the prompting was so strong. And I had learned to act on his promptings because when I've acted, I had received abundance in my life. So I immediately called Bridget and I said, is that, um, is that offer still available? She had offered me to become part of the John Maxwell team like three years before. And I had declined it because I was still operating from fear. See, I was still the achiever perfectionist that -hmm. needed to achieve. Right. And I needed all these things. And that's what my mind kept telling me. But during those three years, I had learned, no, I don't need that. I I can be happy on my own and I can search for what really brings me joy. So I started the process of becoming a speaker, coach and trainer with the John Maxwell team that morning after I spoke to my husband and he, and he was very supportive uh, financially, emotionally, mentally. And he said, just go for it. And I went for it. And this is in 2017 Mm -hmm. and I fly to Florida. I get certified and I start my business. My journey as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but I'm still kind of struggling a little bit. You know, because I'm a parent and I'm, I had been such an, a perfectionist achiever and I had worked 50 to 60 hour work weeks and my, my children needed me to be there. So there was a, as a woman, I think we feel this struggle, inner struggle sometimes of like, do we give it our all and become this person that God created you to be? Or mm-hmm. am I, is my responsibility to be the mom, the super mom, you know, mm-hmm. and there's always that struggle, but you can have it all. It just depends on what your definition of all means, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you say that you had some limiting beliefs. What were they and how did you okay. overcome those, them? My very first one was I was not enough. I'm not enough uh, for my dad. So I must achieve to be happy, mm-hmm. right? And those beliefs get formed early on with trauma in our lives, right? So we're mm-hmm. carrying around all this trauma that's been unhealed inside of our mind and heart. Um, so I believed I was not enough and I believed I needed to achieve to be worthy as a human being. Mm-hmm. I had tied my worth to a paycheck. So okay. do you imagine when you become a stay-at-home parent, yeah. you don't receive a paycheck anymore. So where's your worth, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, those are the elements that God used during his timing to chisel off, to, mm-hmm. to show that my significance, I gave myself, I give myself that significance. No one else gives me that significance, not a paycheck, not a corporation. I give myself through my own self-love. And that was the biggest lesson I learned through that timing that I went through um, Mm. up until uh, pre-pandemic times. And then the pandemic hits. Okay. And And now we're there. (laughs) <laughs> You're going to tell us a bit about uh, this the pandemic season, but before that, I want to appreciate each and every person who's watching us and those who get to watch us after we are through. Uh, Itweka Hana says, I'm tuned. Yes, tuned in. Thank you. And every other person. 
if you have a question, if you have a comment, you're welcome to submit and uh, we appreciate every feedback. So uh, how did you go through the pandemic? It was actually a very interesting time for me because another prompting came through re really hardcore prompting and it he would not leave me alone. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he said, write your book, it's time, trust me. Because he had been prompting me to write a book for 13 years. And for 13 years, my fear of failure was blocking that. Mm -hmm. I was, I didn't think I was worthy enough or I had a worthy story to share yeah. to bring value to humanity. But who was I to question God when he was prompting me to write the book? Obviously, he knew something that I didn't yeah, yeah, <laughs> about yeah. me, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between our mind pulling us, our ego identity and our soul pulling us in a different direction. And when change hits us, like the pandemic was big time change for all of us, right? Our certainty gets pulled from under us. And now we're left with, now what do we do? Mm -hmm. And I started to journal my story. Mm -hmm. And the more I acted on his promptings, the more the path got revealed to me. Mm -hmm. And I started to channel the chapters through me, it started to come down from God, from the Holy Spirit, all these channels, channeled information that eventually became the book Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change that was published last year, self-published last year. Mm -hmm. And it is a book that talks about turning points. I share my blueprint on how you can turn a turning point all the way through the transformative experience. When you're going through a spiritual transformation like I went through, it is a time of reflection. It is a time of looking at your life and understanding where, how you got to where you were and is this the place where you want to be at or do you want to go and explore your divine soul's purpose? Mm -hmm. And in my case, I went in the direction of my divine soul's purpose, which is to become an author. So I went from achiever to author during the time of 2017 all the way through to 2021. Right, Whoa. where he's like chiseling away, and and the book helps me heal through all those chapters in my life, and all the fears come out in the open, mm. and all the patterns of behavior come out in the open of how I was operating from these spaces of fear, and how I was able to just interrupt my ego and drop it, and tune in to my soul, mm. and understand how my soul, like the voice of my soul, and stepping into that identity. Mm -hmm. Now, this is to all the people who are listening or watching who may think that they are not enough. Sylvia reminds you that you're just enough and with God on your side. Now, you are more than a conqueror. That's what I, I, I usually say. And uh, Sylvia is more than a conqueror. She's not a, just a survivor. She's thriving. And you too. Uh, don't think that you're not enough. That book that you have inside of you, this could be a call. This could be the, the, the call coming from Sylvia to go down and put it down on writing and uh, publish it. Uh, and thank you, Sylvia, for uh, being an inspiration to us uh, this wonderful day. Now, uh, are there steps that you would suggest to someone who's here that uh, they can overcome their limiting beliefs how how do they do it how do i mean or you talked about reflection yes reflection. there's a lot well there's the law of reflection right yeah. mm -hmm. so that's one step one thing that i always 
talk a lot about is self-care because as as human beings we are go 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 achieve 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 it depends on which country you live in if you're in mm. the united states that's a big part of our culture yeah. right of our country's culture is to there's it's just go 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 and you see it when when americans travel abroad you mm -hmm. see it because they want to go to one tour and a second tour and a third tour and it's like do you ever rest <laughs> <laughs> so you know it depends on the cult country's culture so you're in greece right and i'm in yeah. texas and it's totally different yeah. abroad and i lived in france and it's completely different they take two-hour lunches it's unheard of here in the united states so one of the things that i always talk about is self-care how are you taking care of yourself how mm -hmm. are you quieting your mind because our mind there's so many thoughts that go through our mind and really the quality of our thoughts dependent depend on the quality of our life if we're entertaining negative thoughts and we're constantly reading tragedy and tragic stories and we're, we have people that are influencing us that don't necessarily have our best interests at heart, that's where you start. You start with your environment. Mm -hmm. Take a good look at the five people that surround you. Are they people that support your, your goals in life? Are they people that are speaking words of light? Are they light bringers in your life? If they're not, maybe there's some hard choices you need to make there right? Are mm. you sleeping at night? Are you, what are you doing to quiet your mind? Some people, they, some people write, that's how they connect with their higher source of power, right? Mm -hmm. to, to connect with their inner voice. Some people go out and walk in nature, right? Some people exercise, some people pray, um, some people meditate, mm -hmm. whatever works for you, whatever is within your wheelhouse, do that, but do it consistently every single day because mm -hmm. these beliefs are going to start coming out of you when you start to introduce positive change in your life you're going to start to see these things show up in your life mm -hmm. and there's different ways that without really getting too deep into it the book gets into patterns of behavior patterns of fear mm -hmm. that we that are uh, out there and when the pandemic hit a lot of people wanted to control their circumstances because they felt out of control and that's a big one out there mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. just to realize and quiet your mind enough to just observe your thoughts for a day mm -hmm. why are you thinking that what feelings are showing up for you what is triggering you and why and only you can answer those questions for yourself mm -hmm. now if it's too hard to navigate through that if you're really facing a big change in your life get some help get a coach to coach you through it get someone that's going to help you identify what those beliefs are because a lot of them get formed early on in your childhood like before yeah. the age of seven mm -hmm. honestly that's how usually these limiting beliefs get formed like before the age of seven and sometimes it's beliefs that you've attached have grown an attachment to from your parents they're not even your beliefs. They're mm -hmm. their beliefs, mm -hmm. you know, but until you start to quiet your mind from the outside noise of the world, you won't hear it. Mm. You won't hear that inner voice. Yeah. That makes sense. So really the tips yeah. is that self-care. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. And uh, I'm glad that you mentioned about uh, daily. It's John Maxwell that says, uh, choose five things that you must do on a daily basis. And definitely you're going to get better at what whatever it is that you're you're after i mean five things mm -hmm. every single day every single day even if you don't feel like it like just even push through it because that's your that's your ego and that and ego is not bad guys like mm -hmm. ego is our self-image 
-hmm. But what is your self-image made of? Is it fear-based beliefs that are driving that ego? Or are you to, are you living life in joy? And joy is all around us. It's just yeah. our focus is off. We got to reframe our focus, right? Reframe our lens, mm -hmm. right? What we focus on, we find. What we focus on grows. What we focus on seems real. And ultimately, what we focus on, we become. So yeah. ask yourself, what is my focus? What is my lens currently? How am I receiving information through a negative lens or through a positive lens? Is Heck, even neutral is better than and anything. Is <laughs> and it's a choice. And uh, at this point, let me ask you now, what's in the future? What are your plans? What are what dreams do you are you looking for? Things that you want to accomplish ahead? <laughs> you know what? God has been like really speaking into me about becoming more of a a speaker and an author. Really, mm -hmm. the writing is where my my gifts are. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, you asked me what I've been doing or why I've been so busy lately is over the summer, I was approached to do chapters for compilation books. And those were beautiful to write for me because it didn't have as much responsibility as a full book. Like my first book was my book. It was 15 chapters. That's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot mm -hmm. of chapters to write. Sure. But when they say, can you write a chapter here or a chapter there? It's still solidifying myself as an author. So mm -hmm. I've, I'll be on podcast interviews, hopefully talking about these stories because everybody's story matters. There's always a lesson to be learned. Uh, and we are all beings of light. We have such light to bring to humanity. Uh, and when you keep quiet on your stories, you're really, you're really not fulfilling that purpose that you were mm -hmm. put on this earth for. So if you feel that pull to, to, to write a book to be a speaker, to be a coach, to step out of that box that you've lived in all your life, do it. Because the more you do it, the more you see your path before you. It's that first step that's always the hardest. But you know, really, honestly, release that control. Because control is simply an illusion we have created in our mind to keep us in our boxes mm -hmm. and keep us stuck really where we're at. So so just do it says that just do it just do i don't it. want to take it from nike you know that's nike's uh <laughs> logo or slogan or whatever but i'm all for it just do it just step do in it. there yeah with confidence yeah and now someone may be uh, interested in connecting with you maybe uh, tapping that positive energy and that uh, faith uh maybe getting your book uh, how can they connect with you I'm really available everywhere, all social media sites. I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. That's really the bulk of my work for those professionals mm -hmm. that are out there. Um, I had a YouTube channel. I had some videos on there, so you could see some of my past work on YouTube. But really to connect with me, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, everything except TikTok. I'm on Clubhouse as well under Sylvia, Sylvia Worsham. I'll be on virtual stages. And I'm doing a lot of these podcast interviews with a lot of these amazing podcast hosts, which I am so grateful to have met. And to get the book, it's available internationally. It's available um, if you just type in Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change, it should pop up. Barnes & Nobles has it in the United States. Amazon has it for those that uh, subscribe to Amazon. And for those that want to uh, meet me personally and get an autographed copy, I can always send it to you as mm -hmm. well. And just I'll leave you my email, Anthony, yeah. so you can include it in the notes. Okay. And you also have a website. Yes, I do. SylviaWorsham.com. 
Yeah, so that's www.sylviawasham.com. Empowering and transforming lives. You should connect with Sylvia. Now, why not TikTok? You know, I I don't know. It just I look at it and I think teenagers and I don't know. I'm um, I'm almost 50 years old, so I kind of feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ask because I'm on TikTok and I say this is maybe you I, can sing and dance, but I don't know. No, I always no, see no, it as no, a not, singing not really. dancing site. <laughs> not really. And now since you brought TikTok up, is is not really that way. Again, when you just download the, the app and you just scroll anything or from anywhere can just come up. But once you have a profile, then you focus on your area. We have some great things there. We have uh, people who are in religion we have people who are in motivation we have it's where you focus that's what's going to appear on your tiktok account anyway oh, I'm, not trying, cool. I'm not trying to convince you to be on tiktok <laughs> i don't know about the time factor anthony yeah. you know you post i post on all social media sites and after a while i'm like wow that's a lot of sites yeah yeah you know, when you're a one woman show or you you have some people helping you but it's not like a big team of people, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, thank you very much for uh, coming to this episode. We really appreciate. But before we go, we'd like you to leave us with a few words that we should always remember. What are they? You are beings of light. You have so much to give this world. You really do. And it really is up to you. It's a choice that you're making daily, whether you step into your power, step into your purpose, step into that beautiful soul identity that is screaming at you daily, you know, whispering to you to step into your power. Listen to that inner voice because that's where your answers are at. Those answers you're looking for, they're not outside of you. And don't wait for something horrible or tragic to happen to you because not everybody gets a second chance at life today is a day to start today is a clean slate your past is your past your future will be your future your present is where it matters right now because in this present moment is where god and your higher power live where you will receive your guidance where you'll make your dreams come true i have nothing to add to that they got it. They had it, and they are going to apply it in their own lives. So once again, thank you, all the listeners, all those who are watching us. We thank you, and uh, if you've been going through something, now it's the time to come from being a survivor into a thriver. Now use this episode of the Sylvia go towards your destiny and fulfill your purpose on this planet that's about it for today's episode i've been your host anthony morore and together with my guest sylvia walsham we are saying bye for now adios bye, bye. <laughs>